Hi there. How have you been? This week, I am loving the sun. I even managed to get a workout in outside today. I don't know about you, but the weather really helps my mood and the sun really impacts how I feel. And I think that right now we can all benefit from anything that boosts our mood. That's one of the reasons that I partnered with Heights. Heights is a really cool brain health supplement. And throughout June, they are donating £10 for every new Heights customer to the Black, African and Asian Therapy Network, also known as the BAATN. It's the UK's largest community of counsellors and psychotherapists for those who have Black, African, South Asian and Caribbean heritage. The BAATN aims to address the inequality of access to appropriate psychological services for Black people, and the website hosts a huge directory of therapists across the UK, as well as free resources and services for people of minority backgrounds who are seeking help. Also, Heights has created a special 50% off discount for Beauty Me listeners when you purchase your first month of the supplement. Use the code BEAUTYME at www.yourheights.com today. Today's guest is Ashade Cole. She is the founder of Slash Beauty London and formerly of The Lash Lounge. So you can imagine, yeah, it's all about lashes. Ashade is... Someone that actually went from being the beauty therapist to being the beauty boss. She firmly believes in kind of making more space for herself and supporting other women in starting their own businesses. So Slash is actually a franchise business now. We talk about, you know, the usual stuff that I love. You know, I love to find out about people's routines and... Ashade really got me within the first few minutes because she said she uses soap on her face. Yeah, if you know me, you'll know the shock and horror I felt upon hearing that. We also get into the first time Ashade shaved her legs and she didn't use any foam or anything. So if you've ever done that before, I'm sure you know how that goes. We also go off topic, but it's the main topic right now. Black Lives Matter. We discuss how... Perhaps things could have been very different if COVID-19 hadn't taken all of our attention and kept us essentially locked up indoors for hours on end. Maybe the Black Lives Matter movement would not have had this impact because everybody would have carried on doing what they do. You know, they would have carried on socializing, carried on enjoying, carried on working. Instead, it's enabled the Black Lives Matter movement to really be heard and noticed. And it's about time. We also discuss how some of our favorite and perhaps not so favorite beauty brands have been slow to react to what's going on and um, how it may well affect our spending choices in the future. So enjoy, sit back and yeah, I hope you love it. Welcome to the Beauty Me podcast. My name's Sharice Kenyon and I've been writing about beauty for around 15 years. During that time, I've heard so many stories about how we approach beauty our routines and the traditions that make us who we are. I wanted to create a space where I could discuss these rituals further with people from around the world. For me, it's all about beauty without the BS. So the minute I open my eyes, in a perfect morning, my, my boyfriend's already made coffee and it's next to me. Cool. When I wake up. Doesn't happen every morning, but I do get lucky some morning. <laughs> um, and then I'm on my phone, so checking emails, checking Instagram, seeing what's new, news-wise. Um, 
I so my role has changed now in my business. I used to run. I used to be the owner manager of like three salon, well, two salon spaces and a couple of pop ups. And I completely changed my business around so that now I have franchises of Flash Beauty. So, in terms of doing franchising, my responsibilities have changed slightly because I'm helping other women start their businesses. So we're kind of there to support, kind of carry on doing brand building activities. So in terms of marketing, in terms of social media, um, but in terms of like doing clients, I don't do that anymore. So I'm able to work from home quite a lot, except for the days where I go and do visits. I go to see um, the girls in their spaces. And then I work with my business partner as well. So Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we normally meet up, um, do a little bit of lunch and figure out what our priorities are. Okay. But you got to backtrack, backtrack. I want to know what's going on with the physical side. Like, so you get up, you check your phone. Obviously, so many people do that. And I think during lockdown, even people that weren't doing that before have been doing that. It's just yeah. like... It's that it's a very bad it's a very bad habit. Yeah. I would like to do some sort of like mindfulness techniques in the morning, but I'm not really a morning person, if I'm honest with you. So until I get that coffee down me, I'm of no use to the world. So I'm just like leery eyed getting to my coffee before anything else can happen in my morning. So when are you getting out of bed to like wash your face? Like before, has has Corona changed when you're yeah, actually washing your face? <laughs> corona has changed. I'm not even gonna lie because working from home as well, you can get quite relaxed. You can kind of wash later on in the day, which is mm-hmm. not good. Recently, I've been getting up and washing straight as I get up, as soon as I get up. But um, it's difficult to remember what I was doing before Corona. <laughs> Um, I did. I was working in an office space as well before Corona, so I would go down there like some days in the week, like three days a week. Okay. So then I'd have to wake up early. I'd get on the tube, uh, have breakfast, which I'm not really good at having breakfast. Yeah, I don't do breakfast uh, anymore. I've been doing intermittent fasting, so I don't eat now. And if I ate at ten, that'd be early, but I'd rather eat like maybe twelve or one. Yeah, I think with Corona, like the, in the beginning. I was going crazy with the cooking. So every single day I was cooking like, I'm a comfort eater. So I was thinking, what what is going to make me happy today? What can I eat today? And then we just kind of overdid it. Same. Yeah. So I thought to myself, do you know what? Do you know what I mean? I kind of got to put where I'm sick of food. And I'm at the yeah. point now where it's just for sustenance. It's, it's not for, um, it's not for like, oh, what am I going to eat today? I just can't be bothered because cooking every day is just not my, like, it's cool, but when it's by force, it's just wild. Yeah, it's that whole, I think that's been the hardest thing about well, Corona. Is, it's choice has gone. So, yeah, you can Like adjust. every day trying to think, yeah, but trying to think of a new recipe or what can I try out today? Then you've got to go get the ingredients and then you've got social distancing. Uh, I don't have fun. <laughs> the people in the shops, I just can't, I just can't, like. I, I can't do I, I don't do it anymore. And I'm you know what? I'm I'm grateful. I'm lucky enough that I opened an Ocado account years ago so that I can priority okay. I can order because yeah. when I've been to Tesco, that's our local big superstore. Supermarket, yeah. The strep like I've never felt like I get anxiety, but I think I've developed anxiety through coronavirus, pure and simple, because of people. I think I see the queues and I just think, what do I need that badly? I'll just go to my locals. But I'm lucky enough to live like by quite a lot of ethnic food stores. Some of them even do like 
butchers in the back. I could have got fishmongers right. near me. So I don't have to go into the supermarket unless it's like dire. I avoid it, really. Yeah, I avoid it just for my mental To be health. honest, yeah. My well, yeah. my husband will go to me if we're like desperate and we haven't booked the shopping for like because that's another thing I've been booking shopping two weeks in advance purely just so I can get online. Um, okay, but yeah. okay. But anyway, been, back to you and your morning regime. Sorry, I've always noticed that you yeah. have amazing eyebrows, but I just want to know what are your what are your favorite skincare products? Like, have you are you someone that you've always had your favorites or do you like to shop around like what are you using right now so for my eyebrows i get them done i haven't had them done for obviously months now but i have them done at Bam brows and that's just life-changing brow treatment going on down there is it um all it is is just a wax shape and tint but they're really good with keeping your natural shape so like my eye i used to have one and a half eye eyebrows I used to have this one and then I used to have like half of an eyebrow here <laughs> but <laughs> we're going to the same brow person I finally got to having two full thick eyebrows so I'm um yeah I'm really happy with band brows and most of the time I don't have to do much especially if I just had them done but I do use Anastasia Beverly Hills the dip brow yeah uh just as like my staple tidy up kind of thing so I had to put that on today because my eyebrows I haven't done a home pluck or anything so they're looking pretty interesting without. <laughs> <laughs> they look good to me. They look so thick and healthy. <laughs> and what about? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I've always had thick brows, but you know, everyone went to the skinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone went to the skinny brow phase. Yeah, and they just don't so come back. We all did damage, and then we're just re- <laughs> you know, rehabbing now. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about skincare. Is that a thing for you, or are you more of a makeup over skincare person? I'm not really big into skincare, you know. Like, I found that when I tried to, like... Because I've never done that. I've just been a soap and water, wash my face. Okay. Soap. Pre- not soap, soap. Soap. Yeah, Whatever's what available. What? <laughs> Anything. I mean, I prefer bar soap for my face. Do you know what? I am not one of them girls that is a skincare girl. Mm-hmm. So I've been very blessed and fortunate that my mum has amazing skin. And I've kind of genetically got quite good skin. Okay. Um, and basically, maybe about two, three years ago, I decided, you know what, I need a skincare routine and I'm going to buy some stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like a serum and mm-hmm. a face wash and a day moisturizer and a night moisturizer. <laughs> yeah. And um, I bought all of these things and... Okay, my skin was a bit better, but I didn't see much more of an improvement for all the hassle. And then I almost started breaking out when I would try new things, and I never break out. So I just thought to myself, is my skin just better left by itself? Like, what I will use, if my skin feels dry, then I'll use like a Mario Badescu, you know, the water. Oh, I love that, yeah. Yeah, that water. And I do use the Bobbi Brown, the vitamin cream. Yeah, I've heard good things about that. It's quite quite thick though. Yes, quite rich. I think it's too rich for me. Yeah, so I do use that, but I can't say to you that I use that. I'm mindful about using that every single day. Um, I just recently bought Ultra Sun SPF because I heard that it doesn't make your skin go grey. So I'm right. going to try that out. Cool. Um, but yeah, in terms of skincare, 
I remember, I remember reading one time that Naomi Campbell washes her face with soap and water. So I thought, if it's good enough for Naomi Campbell, it's good enough for me. <laughs> nah, you know, she's missing out the the team of people employed, the, the, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I, I hear that. But I thought to myself, like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Do you know what I mean? I'm more of a, when it comes to, like, doing my makeup now, like, I'll use primers and I just bought, like, um the fresh like a serum it's like a water and it's kind of got oil in it it's a rose oh i love serum. fresh yeah so i bought that but this is more for going under my makeup it's not really for day to day the ultra sun is really for day to day yeah yeah um just with this weather and whatever but i mean i'm I'm african by blood mm. so you know i'm my my grandma my, well, my one of my grandma's jamaican the other one's from sierra leone and they they've got amazing skin and they are in their what eighties? They've never used all of these products. But what my grandma—I will say—one of my grandmas, she's obsessed with Clarins, and she does go and buy her toners and that all the time. <laughs> okay, okay. So she does. She does a little bit more than me, but I'm I'm pretty minimal when it comes to that. Yeah, it sounds like if it's in the genes. I mean, I definitely think there's an argument for, like you said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And also, the more you use, the more issues can come up. You know, right. our mums and right. grandmothers did not have access to the thousands and thousands of products that we have. And, you know, yeah. we're told try 10 steps, try, you know, forget double cleansing, now it's triple cleansing, you know, layer yeah. the acids. Like, I didn't realize, I think because I'm part of the beauty community, I've been writing about it for 15 years. I think I felt like kind of everybody was involved. And then. Recently, I got talking to someone that's an art critic and she was like, no, you're the minority. She was yeah. like, the average person, when I walk into Boots, I'm looking for the simplest, quickest, maybe cheapest option and I'm out. Yeah, and That's the like... thing. It just, it just scares me how much money that women can potentially spend every month as well. Like, I'm somebody, I will spend a lot of money on like shampoos and conditioners, right? Mm-hmm. And like hair serums and... You know, I feel like that that adding a ten step skincare re- regime to my monthly expenditure is just wild. Like, I I already spend quite a lot of money on upkeep, so do I need to be factoring in this this skin stuff? And then I, I've only had a facial probably like two or three times in my life, maybe two, maybe twice, mm. and I think they were both like on spa days. <laughs> I've never actually gone and had an actual facial. Yeah, it's just not something that is like my it, it's not a priority for me. it's not your thing when it, when it comes to beauty no but it does sound like you've been blessed though with good skin you know what people would call good good skin so you've never had any skin issues in the past or when you're growing up mm, no I mean I just get the I get I do get like the odd spot when it's maybe that time of the month yeah but I never had like I've been very blessed to never have had like any acne or you know serious like whiteheads or anything like that like Mm. I, when, whenever I go to, I'm I'm very lucky in that respect. Like whenever I go to like a makeup counter, mm-hmm. they're always like, "Are you wearing makeup?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> they're like, oh, "Gosh, your skin." What? I'm like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so I just think, "All oh, right, it's all right then." I'm, I'm not be doing something, right? I do yeah. drink a lot of water though. So what do you say is a lot? What would you say is a lot? I mean, maybe like two liters a day. Okay, so it's lot? nothing crazy. Nothing crazy, but just I drink a lot of water. Yeah, it's part of your everyday. 
it's part of my everyday. Like I can't go to bed without water by my bed. I yeah. I feel like I'm going to not be able to breathe in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a bit more about growing up. Like you mentioned your mum and your grandma. Like, do you have any kind of first memories of makeup, skincare, or just, you know, beauty in general? I remember being like 12, and don't ask me why, everyone was in my house. And um, like everyone in my house was in the bathroom. So my mum, my dad, <laughs> and my brother, and me were all in the bathroom. Do not ask me why. <laughs> and um, I took a razor and started deciding I was just going to like shave my legs then and then. I never shaved my legs before. And I remember I literally took off a chunk of my skin. Oh, I know. And that everyone one. was like, everyone was like, what the hell are you doing? Why did you just sit there and decide to start shaving your legs? That's not even how you shave your legs. I was like, oh, sorry. Like, my legs are hairy. You know, when you get to like puberty, you start yeah. figuring stuff out. But my mum has no body hair. She has uh-huh. her arms don't have any hair, her legs have no hair. So she's never even shaved her legs. So, so she, she couldn't even hand like, it down to you. <laughs> no, she was just looking at me like I was crazy. Whereas I am like a very, very hairy person. Right. So, um, yeah, that was my, that was one of my first earliest memories of me trying to do some beauty stuff myself. It's quite funny. But, but what else remember, were they doing in the bathroom? If you're, I'm trying to like, create I a think, picture. You were shaving like, your legs. Like, like my dad was at the sink. Okay. My brother was maybe sitting on the edge of the bath getting something. Or my mum was like passing my dad something. It was like they weren't congregating in there, but everybody was in there. Yeah. I think it was my mum and my dad and me. <laughs> and then I was just quietly sitting there trying to shave my legs. And then all I knew was just I'd taken off skin and it was bleeding. No. They were just like, you're insane. Did you actually use any product on your legs or did you just take the razor? No, I think I didn't dry. Oh, that is the worst dry. Yeah. I mean, I've done I, it in my past. For, I bet. Yeah. Dry, dry shaving is ridiculous. It's only reserved for your mate has contacted you and you're going out in an hour and an hour's time. <laughs> yeah, but even that, no, I think even me, that, I would never. Yeah, I, would, I will. I will find a way to get my legs in the shower. Oh God, yeah, I would never I, do that now. You couldn't pay me. I didn't. I didn't know any better. To be honest, and that's not one of the things that my mum taught me. Mm. So, so yeah, I mean, for me, I remember experimenting with makeup was really like year eight probably okay. when everyone started wearing eyeliner <laughs> you know what I mean so I went to Superdrug and got my like Barry M or whatever of course eyeliner <laughs> and then um would do like little eyeliner and mascara and lip gloss those are <laughs> those are my faves when I was a teenager I know I used to hate foundation oh, oh well it would, would have been a joke back then I imagine when you started first looking like Obviously, we've got so many tones now, but yeah, I think. But, what what, yeah. what did you use? Did you ever use that Maybelline Dream Matte? No, I just, I just, I, I think with foundation, I think maybe like I messed around with like my mum or something, mm. and then I just decided like this is not for me. And you know when you go into like a super drug or whatever, and you try a little bit, and it's just it was never my skin color, never. Mm. I've got a very weird skin color in terms of my undertone. Yeah, what have you got like yellow undertones? I've got a very yellow undertone. Yeah. Extremely yellow. Yeah. So to be honest, I've only now found one foundation which works for me. Okay, what is that? It's Chanel. Okay. It's it's Chanel of uh, uh, the it's called Le Beige. Okay. It's number nine, 91. Okay. Um 
it's the only foundation that doesn't make me look muddy. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know because exactly what I you mean. Because I, I just, I've, I've tried on foundation before and I just left the house. I'm like, I look like an Oompa Loompa. Like, I don't <laughs> look like me. Yeah, once you're um, in the daylight, it's a whole different ball game. no matter what they told you in the shop. Do you know what I mean? No matter how oh, much they've had, said to you, oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah, no, yeah. you need daylight. So, so when I found the Chanel one, I was I've, I haven't shifted since. I've just been super. Um, I've just been super loyal. So I'm just like, yeah, I can't use anything else. And I only found that Chanel one maybe like two years ago. Okay. So before I used to have foundation in my bag and just not use it. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, you can tend to just like have a little collection that's just like solidifying. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just solidifying, just like a bit ropey. Yeah, and I just never used it. But tell me about your hair. Um, you know, I think I've been following you on Instagram probably for a, a while now. Have you got yeah. like, have you got locks? So they're, they're fake, they're faux locks. Um, yeah. They're extensions that okay. I did about a month ago for myself because I thought whilst we're in lockdown, it's a good. So you did it to, to yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I wanted to give my hair a break from heat. Right. Whilst we were in lockdown. Okay, so were you like relaxing it, straightening it, or just flattening no, I, it? I, or? I've transitioned to natural mm-hmm. uh, from relaxed hair, mm. but then what I I had a Brazilian blow dry maybe right. um, two years ago, but the thing is, I think it was a bit too harsh for my hair. The effect so, lasts longer than three months, definitely. Yeah, and also like my hair is just going through a weird time at the moment. So okay. I'm just trying to do protective styles, limit the heat so that when I take it out, which is probably going to be as soon as July hit, mm. um, I can get this treatment called uh, called texture, a texture release. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to try the texture release because you can still revert back to curly. Yeah. So I'm going to see how, how I like that, um, especially as that's designed for black hair. So I want to try that um, and see. Texture release is nice. It really is because the focus is on your texture and it's literally loosening it a little bit. So you can still have your curls, but they are just a bit easier to run your fingers through. And if you wanted to blow dry it, it would be like half the time. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. It is really good. Um, Whereas, yeah, the keratin blow dries, I think. They're not suitable for everyone. Like I know people whose hair is broken from that and you would never think that from how they're sold to you. You know, it's keratin. It's what the hair's made of. It's safer, but it's still a, yeah. a, a chemical treatment, essentially. What, what, what I had wasn't a keratin. It's called erosite. So oh. erosite is amino acids, basically. Okay. I think that's what um, texture releases then. It's very similar. Yeah. But a rosite is less popular than the texture release. More people right. get texture release done. Okay. Um, a rosite, I think, is just a bit too harsh. I've got I've got uh, fine hair, but a lot of strands. But I just made too. my hair too thin. Yeah, me too. I've got a lot of so hair, gonna, but it's fine. It's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna try texture release to see how I get on. So what do you? What kind of length do you think you're gonna be working with once you take out the faux locks? Uh, so my hair's just past my shoulders. Okay. But it's very, this broken bit. Mm-hmm. So I kind of need to, I did a trim, like a dusting 
before I put these in. Mm-hmm. I'll probably do another one. Um, but I used to have really short hair. I've had every hairstyle under the sun, basically. <laughs> I've had like a number two fade. Um, I've had really short, like a pixie crop, relaxed. I've had, um, I'm trying to think all the hairstyles I've had. I, I do braids all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, rose, do, um, weaves, sewing weaves. I'm not a big wig person, I have to say. Me. So either. I, don't, yeah. I don't really like wigs. Mm. Um, I'm more of a sewing girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had, I had micro links, um, uh, last year as well. And I like the flexibility of microlink, mm-hmm. but I think I've got a lady in Shepherd's Bush who she does like braidless weeds and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to get texture release and then I'm going to get um, an LA weave, like a braidless sewing. Oh. Yeah. And I'm going to do that yeah. for a bit. Cool. And then, yeah. Yeah. So are you looking forward to like a, uh coming out of a lockdown new look kind of thing well i am looking forward to that because I, it's been difficult you know trying to be cute when you <laughs> have nowhere to go yeah you know, and I when think, you're stuck indoors with your partner a lot more often yeah like the mystery isn't really there anymore i mean the mystery <laughs> was already not there but it's just to be bombarded with it every single day my morning face must you know yeah it's a lot yeah but um yeah i guess it's well, good that love isn't all based on physical appearance <laughs> no there's the reality this, yeah this 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 lockdown has not been kind to us women oh gosh yeah i think i'm dying for a, a pedicure oh really yeah that's like my that is my pedicure i can't go without that so that's, but that's like thing. my main concern yeah so why do you love a pedicure? Is it like the therapy of someone playing with your feet and decorating them? Or do you, is it just like you like to have them neat? Um, it's not, I actually hate the people playing with my feet. It's just that the maintenance and tidiness, mm-hmm. and like hard skin and oh, I okay. just can't do it. I can't do it. So I need, I get pedicures like every, if I could do them every 10 days, I would if I had the time. But I do it like every two weeks. I have to. Okay. Winter or summer. During lockdown, is there anything that you've been kind of trying to do yourself, beauty-wise or even like self-care-wise? Have you found more time for? Um, that's a good question. What have I taken more time for? Because some people have been thinking, okay, I'm going to make DIY rose water. I'm going to make DIY deodorant. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do my own hair. Well, I mean, do I've done my own hair out of necessity, mm. and because I'm quite resourceful like that, like. I will figure out, I just watch a YouTube tutorial and then I figure out how to do it. Um, but I was going to make my own rice water oh, for my hair. yeah, yeah. But I ended up buying buying some of my friend instead because I just thought <laughs> I don't have time for that. <laughs> so and apparently ta- it, it smells horrible as well. What is rice water meant to do? I haven't looked into it enough because I just don't know if I can be bothered, but what's it meant to do for your hair? So rice water, basically, it adds a protein to your hair and it makes your hair grow. Oh. So I think it's some, 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 some ladies in Tibet who have been doing this for centuries and they've got like hair past their bums, like nearly down to their ankles and they swear by rice water. Okay. Um, so it's just kind of like a craze, but you basically need to kind of get organic rice that hasn't had any sort of pesticides or anything sprayed on it. 
Right. And get the water from there and allow it to ferment a little bit. Okay. Like wash it. And that water, the proteins in that water is what you use to spray on your hair. So you do it kind of as a protein treatment. Oh. Like it's meant to make your hair really strong, really soft. And it also really um, stimulates growth, apparently. Or so, I think it helps you retain length as well. So you could just make one batch and then that should last you a while in a spray bottle. Yeah, but the thing is, it's because like the shops were closed in the beginning. And then it's like I wanted to go to a health food shop, get organic rice. Yeah, because organic uh, rice is quite hard to find, I think. Yeah, it is. So because there was all that rigmarole, mm. I just thought to myself, you know what? I saw my friend making it. She's got like a hair hair journey that she's been doing. Okay. And um, she started selling it. And she's got her hair's like waist length hair, natural afro hair. Okay. It wasn't like that beginning. She's just grown it. All right. I need, I need her rice water. I don't think I can bring myself to do it, but I will buy hers. Yeah, yeah. So I bought one for me, one for my mum. Seriously, yeah. Let me send me her profile or something. I'll get some. I will. I will. I will. Let's just go sort of backwards a bit because you mm-hmm. you said you've been working in the beauty industry for five years with your initially you started slash slash London. Well, it was the last one London, um, and then slash slash beauty is the evolution of it, basically. Right. So my first. My first salon was called The Last Lounge London. Right. But what made you... Because you said... It sounded like you had a pretty cool job before this, like working in, did you say, entertainment PR? Yeah. So that sounds like really exciting, probably meeting celebrities, you know, working on major projects and stuff. What made you... Like, what saw you go from that to thinking, I'm going to have my own Lash Lounge? To be honest, so that, I'm not really... I don't get starstruck. So unless it's, Bri- unless it's Beyonce, I don't really need, I'm not trying to meet any celebrities, really. Yeah. Like, Beyonce, yeah. I'm going to give you my time of day. <laughs> but any other celebrities, I'm neither here nor there. So for me, that wasn't like really a perk of the job. Okay. Um, it was extremely low paid as well. I was entry level, fresh out of uni. Right. And it was like a lot of like staying late to go to events and mm-hmm. stuff. And that just wasn't really my, my vibe. Mm-hmm. But also... I've always wanted to work for myself and um, I did business management at uni and it just so happened that I saw beauty as a way in which I could build my own brand and build my own business. Okay. So um, that's how I decided to kind of go out on my own and try something different. It's quite a strategic move rather than say, you know, like growing up around it or being, yeah, you because, know. Yeah, I mean, I for me, I think I've always wanted to have my own business so that's mm. been in my mind mm-hmm. you know this is a, a mean not a means to an end but mm. I definitely knew like I'm never I'm not going to be a last check for the rest of my life yeah it's just one of the things that I'm going to do in my life yeah um and you know as much as it's very fulfilling and it was great to have so many positive reviews and so much good press and all that kind of stuff um it's also very demanding work and I take my hat off to anybody that is a beautician or mm. owns a salon. It's it, it's very labour intensive, and Definitely. I don't think people realise. They think it's very glam, but really and truly, like for so many years, I neglected myself mm-hmm. because I had to. I had to consider other people before myself just to keep my business. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. all day you're giving out treatments. You're even giving out a. It's a type of therapy, isn't it? Yes, so and you feel very, exhausted afterwards, I'm guessing, mentally taxing, as well. It's taxing, it's taxing. 
And I'm the kind of person, whether I want to remember or not, I'll remember that your dog had surgery last week mm. or that you're, you're, you're your mother-in-law, you don't like your mother-in-law and she's staying around your house. I'll remember all these things. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, for me, it was just, it, it was great and very rewarding, but also I just knew that like, this is not my forever thing. Yeah. And it's difficult because when you do beauty, you build relationships with people and you want to make sure that they're always satisfied, you know? Yeah. So people, women become quite territorial about their beauticians. Oh, definitely. Uh, if you're loyal, that's it. Yeah. You can't so go anywhere. Was, <laughs> right. So that was, that was a bit tricky to navigate to begin with. But yeah, I think we've established enough of a brand identity now that people know, okay, cool, Slash is associated with this. So I'll trust them. See what I mean? Rather than it being me. Yeah. I haven't really wanted it to be about me so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, because it's just difficult to scale that way, I think. And tell me about, you know, you mentioned that you would end up kind of neglecting yourself. How did you realise? What signs were you noticing? When I uh, was working in my last job before I left, like, I was that girl. At that that was an age, what, 20, I would say from like eight, nine, 19 to 22, 23. I was super image conscious, you know, I was, that was the age where I would have spent all my disposable income on like <laughs> MAC lipsticks yeah. and like um, designer this and going to Miami on holiday for, <laughs> like, for Labor Day and staying in a five-star Like those were my priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to spend a lot of money on myself, kind of as you do as a young single woman. Yeah, you've got more um, disposable income, less You've got more disposable income. Your, your priorities is like looking cute, what weave you're going to get. Or, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and when I went into the shop, I think I underestimated how much work it was going to be. So, like, something that used to happen is, like, at the end of the day, I would be so exhausted that I'd do, like, five clients back-to-back. I would be so exhausted I couldn't even leave the shop. So I'd just sit there for, like, another hour just to get the energy to get up and go mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. But then I've got, like, an hour drive home, and then I've got, like, ten hours at home before I have to be back at work. Oh, wow. So to do that six days a week for years mm. really took its toll. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made sure to go on holiday here and there, which was good. But it was, yeah, it was very, very hard work. Yeah. It's funny. And, um, um, sorry. Yeah, I wanted it to be a success more than anything. So, you know, I was prepared to put in that hard work. Yeah. It's funny um, because you mentioned like how you decided, you know, you don't want to be actually physically doing the work each day. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've been doing like this um, Instagram TV series with hairdressers um, Mm -hmm. talking about how they're heading back to work, you know, on July the 4th, supposedly, even though the government hasn't given any very specific guidelines yet. But um, so many, I think all of them said there's no way they're going back to the usual hours what they used to do yeah they they have really appreciated having time with their families having time to yeah. work out um yeah you know it is demanding they're on their feet all day all day yeah um yeah. more than 12 hours you know there's a lot of issues even with them um, certain issues yeah back pain yeah. varicose veins repetitive strain injury you name 100%. it 100 um 100 so and the thing is, when it's your when it's your own business, not to sorry, not to interrupt, mm-hmm. but when it's your own business, 
you don't ever want to turn a customer away. No. Because you're thinking that's an extra whatever towards yeah. the bill. Yeah. So it's kind of a catch-22 because you make money, but it's at the cost of sometimes your well-being. Yeah. Well, no, they've definitely, honestly, everybody I've spoken to has said it's going to change. What it yeah. means is it's it's kind of like going to be really hard to navigate, I think, for several months because they don't want to be on the shop floor so much, but also they've had to halve the area so that yeah. chairs are spaced, you know, stations are spaced out, which also means it's half the staff in at, for half the time. So, right. you know. It's just like how much, how, what I don't understand about all of this is how people are meant to make enough money pay their bills they're going to be open seven days a week i can tell you that yeah so again that's somebody down the line somebody's going to be upset that they're working a sunday do you know what i mean it's it's a lot of working out and trial and error and staggering shifts um and and ensuring that everyone gets a fair go so they bring a home of the fair salary it's like a lot yeah um so i just i get what you're saying it's like i'm just hearing what they say as the owners, they are just like, no, I, I can't. I've got to find yeah. a better way because this has taught you that, you know, it's from my life is short. There's no yeah. guarantees and you could be doing this and you could run yourself ragged and you could enter all the awards. But what's going on when you get back home? What have you got to give to your partner or your children, you your know, children. or yourself? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 100%. So how is it working for you? Because So you've got... Is it two franchises? Yeah, we've got two franchises currently. So your day-to-day, obviously, is you can sort of manage and assist, kind of support your franchisees. Franch- um, yeah, yeah, support them, yep. But what are they, are they ready to go back to work on the 4th? Like, how is it working in the beauty industry? Because I've heard it's slightly different because in beauty, you, you could be touching someone's face. Yeah. Uh, are you so guys really- allowed to reopen or...? Um, so I think we'll be allowed to reopen from the 5th of July. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we are doing, so I, I'm just the the brand person, really, mm-hmm. at Stuff BC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a policy director. Okay. So she's currently updating all our policies to make sure that they are in line with the new government guidelines. Um, we're going to be giving the girls PPE as well. Um, so we're going to be providing that for them so that, they are as safe as possible. They've done barbicide training as well mm-hmm. um, to make sure that their tools and everything are all sterilised um, properly in between clients. I mean, we were doing a lot of this stuff already. Of course, yeah, but in beauty, you it's, have to. It's just, yeah, you have to, but it's just taking it up a notch in terms of uh, health and safety. Mm-hmm. So we have a Zoom call, which we're going to be having with them in the next couple, next week, I believe, where we're going to outline what the changes are going to be and how we can reopen safely, basically. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be tricky to navigate. Um, but I don't, I I don't know. I think that, I think that the the government's under a lot of pressure because, uh, for example, that I was out at the protest on Sunday Mm -hmm. and there's so many people out. So many people are just, we were still social distancing and I wore a mask and I wore gloves and everyone else was, a lot of people were wearing masks and stuff, but it's very difficult to police this social distancing in every single situation so i don't i don't know how they're planning to maintain it i don't either i heard that they're actually going to let pubs reopen and i thought they were going to be at the last on the list um right but i've seen 
But the thing is, even now in London, like, I drive past pubs and there's people standing outside with their pints. Like, and they're not <laughs> social distancing, really. I'm telling so you, I'm it's, like, it's, it's madness. It's complete madness. I've been saying it over and over like a broken record, but I think people just need to be prepared because coronavirus hasn't gone away just because you've been told you can now have your friends bubble and you can see your family. It literally hasn't gone away. In a way, lockdown has come at a good time and it's been a blessing. I just think that um, it hasn't been handled properly no. and also we can't go back to normal. No, I w- so, that's what I said. I wish people would stop saying back to normal. No, you've got to create a new normal. It's not going to be back to normal, yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, the Our world has changed. How much has the world changed in the past 10 days even? I mean, you yeah. and I, we've been trying to get this podcast sorted out for about three weeks. Um, yeah. You know, I think I changed the date on you the first time because I was like, was it to do with my husband being wiped out? He's my producer because he's yeah. he's been working all through lockdown. They literally put him on furlough last Thursday. Um, wow. And then, you know, the aftermath of George Floyd's death and you and I were like, we are so drained mentally, yeah. emotionally. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's, I don't want to be flippant, but I feel like coronavirus plus the Black Lives Matter movement, like a real civil, the first civil rights movement we've seen in decades. Yeah. I think maybe if if we hadn't been on lockdown, we wouldn't have been able to take this as no, I think you know, maybe I, we would have I, just gone nuts. I don't know. I think I think that there's a certain certain level of racism that we have we have Coped to tolerate with. and put up yeah. with we're living in these societies, mm, right? Mm-hmm. And it's only really when we are we can't be distracted yeah. that the reality of what we've been dealing with is now unavoidable. Yeah. So, you know, I think that it's in as much as it's been completely exhausting it also was was boiling over anyway so Mm. it kind of needed to happen everything that's going on now it kind of needed to needed to be said because this also can't be a new normal that we go back to no no it's not it's not and pretending like racism doesn't exist in england and we're a post-racial society like all of that is just not true and it's not true even in coronavirus when we're seeing mm. that like black people are dying at higher rates than anyone else yeah um due to coronavirus and then we see you know 95 percent of the doctors that died in the first i think it was in the first month were all from bame background mm. Mm. Um, and that's doctors yeah like so <laughs> you know when it comes to to, to race we can't avoid it no matter where we get to in our lives individually as people um race still has a plays a massive factor in it and there's a lot of racial disparity in this country and it needs to it needs to be addressed to be honest so they might as well do, do everything at once <laughs> you know what 100 percent. i had to say to someone change is never comfortable um yeah. and you're gonna have to deal with this discomfort and if you're a white person dealing with discomfort well just get used to it because we've been dealing with it for decades you know it's it's a constant and it's that constant awareness you know yeah of being different in situations and it shouldn't be that way but I do think that things can change now purely because we're just in a different 
headspace and even the fact that of technology, like thank God for the mobile phone. I know some people hate phones, but thank God because what what haven't we been seeing all these years? Yeah. Um so I just think it had to happen now and it's not going to go anywhere. So anyone that thinks, oh, well, put the black square up and, you know, it was quiet a bit, but now it's a new week. No, this is, you know, the statues are coming down and law is going to have to change um, yeah. for for us just to breathe a bit more, quite frankly. Yeah. There's so much more to be done, equal pay, like, you know, the whole economic disparity that is one of the reasons why, black and ethnic minorities are dying more of coronavirus. Yeah. It's like, there's a lot. So yeah, it's, very, it's like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Let's, yeah. Yeah. Know, if, it's, it's very exhausting, but at the same time, it's like a collective, collective, like awakening. It is. I mean? That's exactly, it's, I love that word. Something it's awakening. It's like, forget something woke. Something has to change. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Because we, we, but we all knew this though, in our own pockets. Of course. And you know, there's people that have been doing this work and shouting these things for years. And they're the people who I really feel sorry for. Yeah. Like, everyone now was all of a sudden like so super on fire to change things. But, like, my, one of my closest friends, she's worked in this space for years. She's Mm. been let go from jobs because she's there to speak up and say, Mm. you've hired me to do diversity, Mm. but every single person on the board is a white (laughs) man. So, She got let go from one of her contracts because of that, you know. <laughs> and but she didn't care because she's like, I have to speak the truth. Like I'm not here to make people feel comfortable. I'm here no, to actually affect that's change. what we've been. That's what we've been doing. I've I've noticed in a matter of days, people pulling people up, and I'm like, keep it up, keep yeah. it up. Like if you're in a room and you hear something, ask that. What was that? You know, yeah, what did you mean by get them that? to repeat it. Don't feel like yeah. you have to be quiet. No. Yeah. Like, yeah. because you know what? We are in a better position than our parents and our grandparents. And I've read this thing the other day about don't be hard on your past generations because they were not in your position. They just weren't. They were not in our position. You no. know. And it's very it's very interesting that like, when you speak to like, I spoke to my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad, I was, like, last week, I think I went, I think I was, was angry mm. then I was crying mm. then I was exhausted then mm. I was frustrated then I was energized I had so many different emotions oh, God, going it's hard. <laughs> and um I spoke to my dad and my dad was my dad obviously has been telling me that racism exists and I've experienced it myself from mm. a very young age anyway mm. but it's like he was so almost placid do you know what I mean yeah like I was yep. so angry and I spoke to him and he was like yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what they, this is what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you can just be so detached from it, but you kind of have to be when you've lived here for so long, and it's become a part of your day to day existence. Do you understand what I mean? Hundred like, percent. Imagine if yeah. Imagine if your dad went through these emotions you went through last week. Imagine if that kept happening to him every, every six months. Hope yeah. and then dash yeah. and then hope. England is, England is making progress, but the progress it's is slow. painfully slow, if we're <laughs> yeah. honest, because for me to be turning 30 this year and this to still be a topic of conversation, mm. it's just crazy for me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're nowhere near to sorting it. Nowhere near. Nowhere near. It's just, it, it just permeates every single part of society from, you know, employment, uh, poverty, into, like, 
you know, even in, within work, you finally do get into a job and the microaggressions that you have to deal with on a yeah. daily basis. Yeah. It's like, that's why for me, I had to make my own path. Yeah. Because I didn't know how to navigate that mm-hmm. and not become angry or irritable or not really sociable. You know, like kind of isolate myself because I couldn't be bothered to answer stupid questions all the time. Like, it's very difficult and there's no manual on how to do it. People no. Have managed to have no they, you know what I mean? What are you meant to do? Because it's like when you speak up and, you know, to be honest, that's the reason why I left one of the jobs that I had is because when you speak up, it then becomes that you're like a problem, you're problematic. Yeah. You're the one with the issue. Yeah. You're making a big deal. Yeah. And so this, this, these past few weeks, seeing so many people collectively say, the same thing yeah there's no way that anybody can ignore that now that exactly <laughs> for me this is like you know it's a me too mov- movement it's a it's yeah. me too because now it's just been applied to black people and it is ridiculous that it's taken so long i just feel like it's this moment i and like i say maybe corona had something to do with it people had to be sitting down to hear this yeah. you know they yeah. they couldn't afford to be at work and running around and having the social life and having all those luxuries no you're going to sit yeah. down and you're going to learn a major lesson now but yeah, when, you know with me too a lot of people be like oh why are these women coming out now and i'd be like because they feel stronger they've because somebody yeah. else is going to back them up and that's yeah. why you know i'm i actually I think it was yesterday. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm enjoying waking up and reading a story that somebody has stood down from a job because yeah. stuff they've done has come up. For me, it's yeah. like a purge. Like, yeah, we're going to go yeah. through this and it's going to hurt and it's going to be really uncomfortable and it's not going to happen overnight. But you know what? It might just be worth it. My mum and dad were both born in this country. So my mum was born in Liverpool. My dad was born in Newcastle. Okay. And my grandma came over in the Windrush generation mm-hmm. to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she came over to be a nurse. And from when she got here, it was like, oh, I don't want a black nurse. I don't, <laughs> yeah. all, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff yeah. that she had to deal with. she had to deal with, with every day. Every day. After sitting on a, she told me it took two weeks to get to England from Jamaica. Oh, God. Two weeks with no Wi-Fi, nothing. <laughs> like, just making <laughs> your book. <laughs> Or whatever you had on some cramped boat. I can't imagine anything more Mm-mm. horrific. And then to get to England and then it's like no blacks, no dogs, no yeah. Irish. It's just a bit overwhelming. And then even now, like, you know, that all this stuff about Windrush people, do they have the right to uh, remain to in stay. England? And the amount of, oh. The work just, they put in. It's just not fair, is it? It's not. That's what you got. But it's think, got to stop. <laughs> yeah, it has, it has to stop. I think there's just a mass. There needs to be a, a shift up in the power balance. Oh, gosh. Well, let's move away from the... Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> this is a beauty podcast. You know, we're meant to talk course, about pretty course, things. Of course, <laughs> of course, of course. No, but, you know, that's, for me, it's part of life. And that's what life is right now. You know, we could we could keep putting off this interview. But for what? You know, this is a week in our lives that we've never seen a week like this before. So, And isn't it so interesting, like, how all the beauty brands are responding to this as well. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that that's Interesting like, is the word. <clears throat> yeah, it's been crazy um, to see all these brands ad- admit to their shortcomings. And Meanwhile, no one is perfect. I'm tell- Somebody sent around this meme saying, wait till, wait till you guys see the Fenty numbers. And I was like, oh. 
because know. you know nobody's perfect you know people are outsourcing no. jobs a lot of jobs um yeah. and still falling into those traps because they have you know investors that have their own wants agendas yeah, yeah. so yeah no one is perfect but yeah you need to speak out you need to speak out and you need to be open and honest like i appreciated what glossier did because theirs went beyond numbers that were very sad looking but yeah they were like we're gonna give half a million to i think it's black lives matter and half a million is going in grants to black owned beauty businesses i was like okay that's specific that is future do you know what i mean exactly exactly so i appreciate that i don't appreciate brands like rms beauty um letting their social media manager essentially have the weekend off and tell someone sorry we didn't know there was a time frame to post oh that was that was a crazy disgusting yeah how heartless what what was the point of saying it it just was just very very callous very callous is the word yeah yeah just very very unnecessary as well yeah um they didn't have to be rude it would have been better if they just didn't say anything at all exactly let us just slate you for that but the fact you went to the trouble of typing that and put like it's all love at the end it's literally the opposite (laughs) that is just a crazy 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 thing to say that comes from a wild place of entitlement Mm, mm. that's that's just a whole other subject i'm gonna ask you the 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 (laughs) question that i usually am with but it's usually Mm -hmm. after you know less um politically sort of yeah (laughs) but um so don't want you to think it's flippant but it is something that is important to me and Mm -hmm. i just feeling good in yourself if you don't feel good in yourself you definitely you're not even equipped to help anybody else so i just like to find out like when do you feel you're most beautiful um i think i feel the most beautiful when I've taken time and care on myself so I'm because I'm used to running around like a headless chicken like I said to you managing three spaces and was always client facing I was always rushing um it was like literally I would put cream on and run out the door Mm -hmm. after my shower do you know what I mean Mm. but I think the times where I feel the most beautiful is when time and care has been put into me getting myself ready mm-hmm. so I've given myself that I've dedicated that time to myself do you understand what I mean yeah, because yeah. so often your, your, your my time is like spread out so thinly yeah um so those times where I can really think about how I want to look and then make it come to fruition I think those are the times I feel like oh like I'm my own little project kind yeah of thing. yeah um because I don't you know I haven't working in beauty I didn't have a lot of opportunity to do that like even getting my eyelashes done like oh it's always so busy (laughs) it's always we were so busy I never even had my eyelashes Mm, done so mm. I didn't even say oh when I've got a fresh set of eyelashes because I barely had them (laughs) you know um but yeah just even any sort of pampering that I do I, I, I feel most beautiful at those times thanks so much for listening take a minute to like subscribe Perhaps share the episode with someone that you think will be interested. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Beauty Me Podcast. Or you can follow my personal account, which is at Sharice.Kenyon. 
Feel free to slide into the DMs with any feedback or suggestions for future guests. And I'll see you next week.